0: How you doing, Rock family? Pastor Miles here. I'm so excited to introduce our speaker today. Steve Carter is a pastor, former pastor of Willow Creek Church in Chicago. Um, I was sitting at an um, event speaking uh, a few months ago, and he spoke before me. And the whole time he was preaching, I was on the edge of my seat laughing, intrigued, learning, and saying to myself, this guy has got to come to the Rock. You are going to love him. He's going to make you laugh. He's going to challenge you. Uh, and he's going to make you think about your relationship with God. So I want everybody at the Rock, all the campuses to stand to your feet and give a warm rock welcome to Pastor Steve Carter. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. you thank you. You all can be seated. It is an honor to be here. Uh, when I got done teaching at that conference that Pastor Miles and I were at, I went down to the front row where he was at. He came up to me and just slugged me right in the arm. And I was like, dude, that, you're a football player. And I tried to just punch him and I just hit rock solid. And I was like, and you hurt my hand too. And I'm not like you. Um, but we just spent so much time and he was just telling me how God is moving uh, through the rock. And it's just a, it's a gift to be here with you. Now... I I will say, I feel like I've only been in San Diego a few hours. I live currently in Chicago. And um, a lot of people keep saying that it's cold here this weekend. (laughs) Really. Really. Like, it's it's so cold here. Yeah. For nine months out of the year, I can't feel my spleen. I got to shovel my driveway. We had a blizzard last Monday. And it's cold here. It's cold here. No, but it's such a gift just to be here. Um, We're going to kick off a series, uh, the light of the world. And I I just want to jump right into the text. I love the Bible, love God's word. Uh, If you have a Bible, you can open with me to John chapter 8. If not, it's going to be up on the screen. It just says this. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, what you gotta understand is Jesus is speaking at one of the greatest feasts to the Hebrew people. See, the Jewish people, they had six feasts. Three were harvest feasts. So you had Passover, and then six, seven weeks later, you had kind of what we'd call Pentecost. Uh, But then in the fall, October, November, it was the Feast of Tabernacles. And, And it went for a week. And if you were a Jew, you would come to Jerusalem. You took that week off. And there were two props, uh, water and light. And for the first six days, seven days, uh, you just would celebrate the harvest that God had brought forth. But then, on the eighth day, on the night, in the temple, you'd have these priests And to be a priest, you came from a certain like lineage, but everything that you wore was considered holy. All of your garments. And what they would do on this day is that they would climb up a ladder 75 feet up in the air. There would be these massive gold bowls, They would be filled with oil. Then they would take the undergarments from the priests. They would put it in the oil to serve as wicks. And these priests would light them on fire. And it would light up the temple. Friends, this was Thanksgiving and the 4th of July for the Hebrew people. And you got to think, no electricity. It was a time of celebration, of dancing. And here, Jesus stands up. And he's on the temple courts, and things are lit up, and he goes, excuse me, can I have the mic? I am the light of the world. I mean, you got to understand, they were just lighting up the temple, and Jesus was saying, no, 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 I transcend the temple. I am the, the one who was sent. I'm bigger than your feast. I'm bigger than your celebration. I'm the son of God. I am the light of the world. And this is what he's saying to us. Let's be honest. Some of us are just living in chaos right now. It feels like our life is formless and empty and without meaning, without purpose. And we're just looking for Jesus, just like God said in Genesis chapter 1, let there be light. We're looking for some kind of order from our chaos. Some kind of way through. And I want to tell you that this passage, just this one verse, is filled with ways in which you can let your light shine. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna unpack this one passage, John 8, 12, because I'm gonna show you three lights that can help you light up your life. Now, the first light, if you look at John chapter 8, verse 12, it's just, it's beautiful. It says, I am the light of the world, but hear this phrase, whoever follows me. Now, two things you gotta know. If you are a disciple, a Talmudim in Hebrew, that's like an apprentice of Jesus, A rabbi would call you and a rabbi would walk up to you and say, come follow me. And to follow them, that meant you wanted to be just like your rabbi. You went where your rabbi went. You did what your rabbi did. You said what your rabbi said. Now, if you think about this in the context of light, it takes you back to the wilderness. It takes you back to when the Hebrew people were living their life following a pillar of fire. And they didn't go unless the pillar of fire went. They didn't do anything unless that pillar of fire led them. And here's the beautiful thing. The first light, if you want to learn how to light up your life, for me, is a candlelight. I love fire. Fire, fire. Um, now, here's the deal. A number of years ago, I was in Uganda. And I, I, I was playing soccer and we were playing and all of a sudden the sun went down. Which just literally meant the electricity was out. And I was, I was about a mile away from where I was staying. And I just had a lantern. And literally I'm just walking and I, can, I can't really even see. I just know it's like that direction. And I'm just walking and all I can see is the next step. 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 I finally get back and there, I, t- I tell the guys, I'm like, man, I've, I've never, that's, that was scary. I've never been in a different place not being able to see where I was going, having to remember it and just having one simple candlelight that was basically leading me towards where I was staying. The guy goes, man, you're lucky. You're lucky you had that light. I'm like, yeah, I know. He goes, yeah, it's not just about getting back to the hotel. There's a whole bunch of mamba snakes. (laughs) I was like, black mamba, Kobe? Kobe was back there? He goes, do you know if what a mamba would have got you, what would happen? I'm like, yeah, I'd die. He's like, yeah, you're lucky you had that light. And I I just started thinking about this. Like, when you think for the Hebrew people, when they thought about the light of the world, they thought about following, they would only go where the light would lead them. Now, for for us, think what it says in Psalms 119. It says that your word... It's like a lamp unto our feet. It lights up our path. And here's the truth, how many of us, how many of us see the scriptures as something that are helping us live our lives? I think for many of us, we have a Bible and it just sits on a shelf. And we love Jesus kind of being the light of the world, but truth be told, is he really lighting up how we engage with others, how we live our lives? And the only way we can do that is when we get into the word of God. But here's the thing. I think a lot of you know a lot about Jesus. Here's an example. On February 17th, 1963, there was a child that was born in Brooklyn, New York. By the age of two, he moved down to North Carolina. His dad was a good man. He had some older siblings. He liked the game of baseball. Started playing basketball. Went to Laney High School. As a sophomore, got cut from the varsity basketball team. He tried it again as a junior, he made it. As a senior, he was an All-American. He decided to go to the University of North Carolina. And as a freshman, hit the game-winning shot to defeat Patrick Ewing-led Georgetown. He goes to the NBA a couple years later. He gets drafted number three overall. Houston goes with Hakeem Olajuwon, then Sam Bowie, poor guy, goes number two. Then this guy gets drafted number three to the city of Chicago. First year, he's a rookie of the year. Next year, blows out his knee. But he comes back. He doesn't want to sign with Nike, uh, but Nike makes an offer he can't deny. He ends up buying these, getting these shoes that are red that, uh, that he doesn't even like, but um, everyone can't stop talking about them. I, I could tell you all of his stats. I could tell you how he met his ex-wife Juanita. They met out of Benegans. remember those? And he, he ends up having a conversation. They, they, they start dating, they break up, they date, they break up. Maybe some of you know what that's like. And then they get married, they got three kids. And he just begins to be this guy who transcends culture. Who am I talking about? Michael Jordan, that's right, that's right. Now, here's the question. I start naming all of his facts, I talk about the drama of the, of the, of the dream team, I can tell you numbers of different stories. Some of you are gonna walk up to me and go, man, have you ever met Jordan? I'd be like, no, not at all. I just know everything about him. You know what we call those people? Stalkers. (laughs) Stalkers. Here's the truth. Some of y'all are stalking Jesus. Some of you all know a ton of stories about him, but you ain't following him. Some of you know facts about the scriptures, but you're not. You're not. When he says go, going. And it's just like, man, I'll buy the shoes. I'll buy the leather-bound book. I'll buy the worship album, and you walk in my house, you're going to see all the good Christian celebrity pastor books that are going to be all up there. It's going to be awesome. And you're all going to think that I know him. I just know a lot about him. And here's my question. Do you know him? Do you know him? And in this month of December, can I just challenge you? If you want him to light up your life, the first light is a candlelight. And it means, man, I want to just sit in the presence of God. I want to be with him. And when you think about contemplating the words of God or meditating on scripture, here's the thing. When you study the word of God, you ask questions about the text. But when you meditate on the scriptures, you allow the text to ask questions of you. And you get to hear God say, this is where I want you to go. You know what doesn't keep me up at night? What doesn't keep me up at night is what the Bible says to not do. What keeps me up at night is what the scriptures, Jesus, clearly tells me what to do. Forgive your enemies. Forgive your enemies. Extend grace. Don't store up. Don't worry. And all of this stuff that our culture just puts on us, and he's just like, none of that. None of that. First light's a candlelight. The second light is a stage light. Now my, in high school, I, I grew up in Southern California and I had this amazing drama teacher, she married her husband They met on the set of Dances with Wolves and uh, he worked on the Titanic and other like crazy movies and, and so we, they like basically funded us to do this Broadway production in high school. And we rented out this like 5,000 seat auditorium and, and we finally the first day took stage for practice. Uh, we were doing Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, which is such a tear yeah, it's kind of a weird play. I was frankincense, awesome. And, um, but I remember being on stage, and all of a sudden, I'm like getting ready to recite my lines when everything just goes dark. And all there is is this one stage light that is just blasting onto me. Let's just try it out right now. This is, this is what it kind of looked like. And I couldn't see anybody. And the light was just so bright, and all I could do was just slowly start to move away. And my drama teacher's like, get back in the light! Stay in the light! But here's the thing, we don't like the light. Because here's the truth, in the light, you can see some gray, some salt and pepper, come on. You can, in the light, you can see that I got a dimple in my chin, which I call a chimple. Like, you can see that, right? I can't put a filter on this, friends. It's just able to be seen. And here's the truth. Many of us are more comfortable in the dark than we are actually in standing in the light. Now, let's bring the lights back up. If you go back to John chapter 8, 12, Jesus says so powerfully, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, candlelight. We'll never walk in darkness. Here's the truth. Some of you all are walking in darkness. And somehow when you get underneath that, this is what we start to think. That God won't receive the real me. And so we get on Instagram, we put a sweet filter on it. We start editing and photoshopping. We only have one side that we take pictures from. And we we just start pushing this one perspective of us. But here's the truth. In this light of the world, in this December series, you think about a a stage light, I think about prayer. And I think about, man, what does it look like to bring my desires, my desires to God? He cares about them. He cares about them. He cares about your desires, what you long for, what you hope for, What that ache that you're just begging God for. Maybe it's healing, maybe it's a job, maybe it's some sense of breakthrough. I don't know what it is. I can tell you this, though, Romans chapter 4, verse 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, so he became the father of many nations. He was 100 years old, his wife was 90, and he desired a son. He desired a child. And you know what God does? Because Abraham, against all odds, against all hope, He, in hope, believed God took that desire, multiplied it, and he became a father of many nations. This is what God does. But he can't do that if we're not actually being honest with our desires. For some of us, we just rather not bring them and stay in the dark. But there's more than just desires. In prayer, bring your desires, but also bring your disappointments. Some of you have been let down. Some of you have been deeply wounded. Neglected, abandoned, hurt, betrayed, slandered, left. And you know what? If you just keep running to the darkness to try and fe- feed that ache, that ain't going to get you anywhere. A lot of the world says, let me just see you, let me know you, bring that before me. And God wants that intimacy with you, He longs for that. Desires, disappointments, and third, your darkness. Here's the truth, all of us are broken. None of us are perfect in this room. I got a whole bunch of drama in my life. And the truth is, in prayer, every day, man, I have this chance to sit within the stage light, to be seen by heaven's light, to feel heaven's delight, and to be honest with my desires, my disappointment, and my darkness. But man, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, you know the story A man and a woman are standing by a tree that God said, Please don't eat from. You got this shifty, crafty snake just basically speaking lies into the woman and the man's head, and and all of a sudden he says, Man, if you if you eat of this, you'll be just like God. God's holding back on you. And so the woman takes and she eats and then she gives some to her husband. Her husband's like, free food? Awesome. And he eats. And then all of a sudden they realize they're naked and she's like, I'm naked, that's so uncool. And he's like, you're naked, that's so cool. And like, just this thing that's happening, right? And then and all of a sudden they're like, oh my goodness, I feel shame. And so they take figs and they make clothes and, and then, they, then they find themselves trying to cover up the anxiety and the shame. And we do this, we do this with food and we do this with prescription drugs and we do this with just Netflix and we do this with going out and maxing out our credit cards. And we just try to cover up all the pain and darkness in our lives. And then they start to hear the God walk, in the garden in the cool of the day and what do they do? They're like, let's go hide. It's the first game of hide and seek in the scriptures. And think about this. When you read Genesis 3, what does God do? Does God come angry? Does God come mad? God just asks three words. Where are you? He knows where they are. He knows they're behind the tree over there. He's not like, where are their GPS location? Got to try to find them. Hey, angel, can you help me? Like, he knows where they are. You know he's asking? Where is the person I created? Where is the divine good that I made with my hands? Where's that? And the truth is, God wants to see that. But he can't draw that out of us if we don't feel, like, safe enough to bring our darkness. So in this month, if you want to light up your life, Experiencing the light of the world, Jesus. Get into the word, candlelight. But don't be afraid to stand in that spotlight and bring your desires, bring your disappointments and bring your darkness and watch the God of all creation see you and receive you. And the third light. Third light comes from um, a U2 show that I went to a couple years ago. Um, I, I was there and... All of a sudden, we're at the United Center where the Chicago Bulls play, and Bono, I'm watching, he picks up this searchlight, and all of a sudden, I'm watching 25,000 people just losing their minds, and then he just, he takes this searchlight, and he starts to kind of shine this light on different parts of the auditorium, and every time he hits a section, the entire section goes bonkers, like... Pilato sees me, oh my God, and I'm like, it's it's with a light. He doesn't really see you, but they're like, he sees me, and all of a sudden, the sense, I'm watching, people lose their mind, and in my mind, I'm thinking, he's going, you just made me a ton of money, 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 I wish you wouldn't sing my songs, but you made me a ton of money, you made me a ton of money, and all of a sudden, but what I was seeing was the human ache to be seen, to be known, to be noticed. Have you ever had that moment? All of a sudden, someone saw you in your distress, someone saw you in your ache, someone saw you in your pain, and they invited you. They invited you in. When you get to John chapter 8, verse 12, look what it says. I am the light of the world, Jesus says. Whoever follows me, candlelight, will never walk in darkness, stage light, but will have the light of life. You, as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple, you've been given this searchlight. Here's the truth. I shouldn't be here. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. But in seventh grade, me, who had not yet gone through puberty, playing basketball with two juniors in high school, and they were the first Jesus followers I had ever seen, and their names were Dominic and Nathan, but they went by the name Dominate, which is just Awesome. And Dominic walks up to me, no joke. He walks up to me and he goes, Hey, Carter. And I didn't even think he knew who I was. He noticed me, searchlight. He saw me. And he goes, You want to learn how to dominate life? And to this day, it's the greatest question anyone has asked me. And these two juniors picked me up and they took me to In N Out where God just presence dwells and manifests in all its double, double glory. And like, <laughs> God began to work in me and I didn't go to church. And so I just started saying, well, I should probably go to church because that's what they do. When I got on my Diamondback Sorrento, come on now. And I rode my bike to church and I started going. And I remember, I remember sitting back there when all of a sudden the pastor said, it's time for an altar call. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. All I know is you got a hot tub up on stage. (laughs) And all of a sudden people stand and and the pastor says, I know that there's one in there. I know there's one in here. Let's close your eyes and let's pray. And he starts praying for the one. He's praying for the one who needs to say yes to Jesus. And no joke, friends, I'm like, is it me? (laughs) I don't know. And then I look down and my shirt just says, just do it. (laughs) And so I'm like, all right. I just like start climbing over. And like one older guy was like, you really? And I'm like, "I I think so. So the shirt says, I make my way forward. Get up in the pastor's hot tub. He dunks me. And all of a sudden, like, I'm like, sit, like something's different. And then Dominic and Nathan are like, you got to go after your parents. I'm like, all right. My senior year in high school, get to baptize my mom. My sophomore year of college, get to baptize my dad. And all of a sudden, God starts to stir. I wasn't a pastor. All I knew was that God's word, candlelight. Being able to be seen and known under heaven's stage light. And he, Jesus, handed me a searchlight saying, You know what? You got to go take the grace that's been given to you and go help others dominate. And friends, this is the same thing with you. Who are you going to invite? Who in your life just needs to be seen and noticed? And God's given you this amazing story. And all they're looking for is an invitation. Power of an invitation. Uh, I, I, let me tell you this to wrap this whole thing up. I'm going to take you back to 10th grade biology class. I apologize, but stay with me. There was a, a scientist. He's he's Dutch. Don't hold that against him. His name is Zans Ingenhaus, a real life dude. In the 17th century, he brings a plant inside. Now, they thought back then that if you had good soil. He had good water. Vegetation or tree or plant would grow. He brings it inside and the thing dies. And he begins to realize there's more going on. He begins to realize, oh man, there's something that he discovers called photosynthesis. Now photosynthesis, what that word really means is from the light. Can you imagine if we learned how to live from the light, what our lives would actually be like? And he realizes you do need good soil, you do need water, but you also need the sun, and you also need humans. And this is what he realized. The process of photosynthesis is simply this. You've got a sun, and it gives off light. you got a sun, gives off light, and that light is an energy. Yes, this will be a dance move. you got a sun, gives off light, the light's an energy, and the leaves capture that. Energy. So you got a sun, gives off light, lights and energy, leaves capture that energy. Now, what does it do? All right, what's the scientific name for water? Ooh, that's some high quality H2O, yes. Now, here's the deal. All right, so you got a sun, gives off light, lights and energy, leaves capture that light. Here's what happens. That energy breaks up, what's the H stand for? Ooh, well done, hydrogen. Two atoms of hydrogen from the atom of oxygen, the trees release the oxygen so that we all can live. Thank you, tree. Now, when you exhale, what do you give off? (laughs) You give off carbon dioxide. Yes, your carbon dioxide mixes with the two atoms of hydrogen, it creates a sugary substance called glucose that feeds the plant. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. By you just breathing, you are giving life to nature. It's hardwired. Every time you breathe, you're giving life to nature. But I guarantee you, none of you woke up this morning laying next to your spouse and your spouse looks at you and goes, What are you gonna do today? And you're like, I'm gonna bring my A game to breathing. <laughs> none of you, as you were walking in, saw a tree or plant and just said, There you go, buddy. Stay green. That one's for you. Do not share for you. None of you do that. No. But this is what's hardwired in you. Can I take it even farther? What is the holiest name to the Hebrew people? Yahweh. Yahweh. That's right. Yahweh. They don't even say it. If if anybody says it in their their midst, this is what they do. It's so holy. It's so reverent. Now, the name Yahweh, you got to understand. In the Hebrew alphabet, it's 22 letters. They don't have vowels in their, their alphabet. They just add them. It's, I don't even know how it makes sense, but they just do. But out of the 22 letters, 19 letters have sound. Like a ah, like the phonics. Three letters are silent. The name Yahweh is made up of these Hebrew letters. Yod, hey, and vav, and then He again. But those are the three letters that are silent. For thousands of years, the rabbis... The poets, the prophets, they've, they've wrestled, why, why, why would God give him a name, himself a name, filled with letters that have no sound? The rabbi said, ah, oh, ah, oh, it's cause it's the sound of breathing, that every time you breathe, you proclaim a letter that makes up the holiest name, You could be sitting with someone and they're like, there's no such thing as God. And you're like, you just said his name like five times. (laughs) Ah. think about this. Let's think about this for a second. Without you even knowing it, when you're sinning, when you're slandering, when you're gossiping, when you're doing your life, you're still breathing, giving life and giving praise to God's name. And here's the truth. He, is, he has hardwired this in you to give life and to give praise. That's who you were created to be. Now, many of us just go through our lives passively partnering with God without us even knowing it. But that's not what God ever intended. You know what God wanted? God wanted people who actively chose to say, Jesus is the light of the world. And he has done something in me. And with every action, with every choice, with every decision, with every word that comes out of my mouth, may it be one that gives life and gives praise to the true light of the world. And this is what God wants for you. Think about when Moses, when the Hebrew people are about enter in the promised land, Moses says, I've got some words for you. He says this, I call heaven and earth as witnesses. Because back then when you made a contract, you needed two witnesses. It's like a, a, a marriage when you have best man and maid of honor. And they're signing the certificate. Moses calls heaven and earth. It's so cosmic and awesome. And he goes, I said before you life and death, blessings and destruction. And then he says these three words. Now choose life. This is the truth, friends. Every day you have life and death, blessings and destruction right before you. And if you can learn to spend time in God's word, candlelight, and you can allow yourself to be fully seen and receive heaven's delight as he shines his spotlight on your desires, on your disappointments, on your darkness, and you realize that you've been gifted with this searchlight to go after people who are far from God, who are drowning and suffering and hurting and give them the hope and point them to the true light of the world, man, God's going to do something in you. It's going to do something in you. In a moment, I want to do an altar call because I actually believe that there are some people here who just don't think that God would choose them. Maybe there's the darkness inside you. Maybe it's just been too many disappointments. Maybe it's been desires that have just not been answered. Maybe you've just given up and the Bible's been put on the shelf and you've just taken control of your life. But I wanna tell you, out of chaos, God wants to bring life. Out of chaos, God wants to bring order. And so what I wanna do right now is I just wanna pray. And I wanna pray and then at the count of three after my prayer, I wanna invite people to stand who would maybe say yes, to follow in Jesus. And so, would you bow your heads and let me just pray. God, I believe boldly that there are people here where your spirit has been stirring. They don't even know why they're here this morning. Maybe someone invited them, but it was the worship, breaking every chain, where God began just to speak and just going, there's power in your name. And you're like, I think there is. Maybe there's some of us that have just been fighting it. We've been fighting, actually being seen by that spotlight. We don't even believe that you would want to use us and all of our drama and all of our stuff that we've done in our past. But God, I believe that there are people here that you're speaking to their heart right now. Maybe they don't have a shirt that says, just do it. But maybe your spirit is just nudging them right now. That they can live and find and discover the grace that can only be found in Jesus. The hope that can only be found in Jesus. And they can discover the light of the world. And so God, I'm just going to pray boldly. I'm going to pray boldly that there are people that you want to begin anew with. And maybe it's just like when we're on our computer screens and all of a sudden that update pops up for us to do some sense of install to get like the latest Apple kind of system. And we look at the box and it says install now, but then the box beside it just says remind me later. I just get the sense that there's some people here who have just been saying remind me tomorrow maybe another day, another day, and they've just been pushing it off, but I'm just begging that today, right here, and right now, will be the day where they say, I wanna step into your light, and I don't wanna receive what only you can give me. So God stir, God move. And I'm just gonna ask, on the count of three, that if you feel that, that you would stand, and I guarantee you this church, The Rock, will celebrate you, on the count of three, that's you, and you want to say yes to the light of the world, yes to Jesus, stand up. One, two, three. Would you stand?